0: Welcome to another episode of hidden doors and high scores a podcast where three guys talk about games i'm austin
1: i'm chris
2: and i'm garrett and welcome to the first episode of 2024 season three as is tradition the first
0: episode of the year is always a year in review here we go we are going to be talking about all the games of 2023 we're going to do a countdown of our 12 favorite games because Ten was just not enough. We literally couldn't make a top ten. We
1: couldn't make a top (laughs) ten unless we had to add two more. We
0: literally could not make a top ten. (laughs) This year was too crazy. There was too many amazing games. So we're going to do our top 12, but we're going to start with something different.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we're throwing it back to our previous year in review episodes where we did categories because we couldn't not talk about the biggest disappointments this year so i'm gonna start my biggest disappointment the game that was the biggest disappointment to me in 2023 was diablo 4 season one not the original release No, nope. uh i loved diablo 4 in fact uh it was everyone
2: was coming in playing with us like it was a ton of fun everyone was there everyone was active
1: it was awesome i put ton hours into that game i think i put more hours into that than i did any game that was released this year any other game oh wow i really really loved it and season one just was nothing it was nothing yeah. they made a bunch of like balance changes which apparently everybody hated especially me because i was playing this particular sorcerer class that got nerfed into oblivion and they added i guess like another set of nightmare dungeons or something it was just so terrible it was just like it was such a high and then
2: the the base story was really fun it's a really good game that you can be out leveled by some of your friends and you can still play together which was great yeah but once you got to like 65 70 out of a hundred the game just stops there is nothing to do it is the same one thing to do and then you think oh season one just add a couple of bosses from the base game make them harder make uber bosses make specialized drop Nope, none of that. They've done a little bit of that now, but not not enough to bring me yeah, back to the game.
1: Season one was just such a huge disappointment. Like you said, like the game really plateaus three quarters of the way through the level progression. And just the fact that it was like, oh great. Like I have something to look forward to and do new stuff in this game. And it was just nothing, there was no point.
0: And yeah, like I think we were all really excited about this game when it came out. And I think it actually delivered for a while because it was a very fun game to play with your friends. And the progression was very satisfying at the beginning, but you know, it's just, it kind of becomes a bit of a grind fest and it's just kind of becomes the same old, same old. And uh, I think also, unfortunately for Diablo four, there were a billion other games this year. This is a really, really dead year. We probably would have played a little more and accepted a little more of that grind fest just to have something to play with our friends
1: boy did we not need that this year no. like i said like i put more hours into diablo 4 before season one started than i did into any other game this year and less than a month after season one came out i'd completely stopped playing and i haven't picked it back up since
2: as did everyone else the drop-off was wild and i'm sorry uh blizzard a hundred dollars for the dlc with one new character go fuck yourself Jesus. absolutely go fuck yourself they got to Get that
1: new CEO salary from somewhere with Bob. Bro, yeah. so. hundred dollars for one
0: character. It's
2: Insane, wild, truly outrageous. All
1: right, let's stop talking yeah.
2: about this bullshit. Who else has got a disappointment this year? I mean, that honestly was also mine, but. My other one, which I know Austin wants to talk about. So
0: we're we're in agreement. There were two big disappointments <laughs> <Yeah>. in 2023. <laughs> yeah. It was Diablo Season 1 and fucking Starfield. Yeah, <laughs> boy. Starfield <laughs> <They were laughs> appeared yeah. so badly. Uh, we all wanted it to be good, but we were so looking forward to it. Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, man, I just wanted a game that made me feel like a space explorer who could do anything and and could you know discover interesting things all over the galaxy, and instead uh, I was throwing items at the ground so I could fast travel back to my spaceship, so I could put a bunch of shit on the floor of my spaceship, which also didn't have enough storage room, so mm-hmm. I could get to the next place where nothing. There's nothing going on. Would <laughs> I mean, I you heard my rant the first time. My anger has cooled a little bit. But goddamn is it still just so frustrating to see a game that has all the backing in the world to do anything it wants and it chose to do nothing interesting. Yeah. Not one fucking interesting. Also, actually hold on. No, I do have something to be mad about. Uh at the Steam Awards this year, Starfield was voted most innovative. And I am <laughs> fucking outraged. <laughs> Because I think that game is the least innovative game I have seen out of any studio in a long time, and especially in a triple A. There's studio.
1: literally no innovation.
0: You know. You know what? Okay, hold on. I do have to take that back. There may have been more innovation than like the next Call of Duty. Sure. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty much the lowest bar. Pick any game on Dave the Diver is more innovative. Mario Wonder is more innovative. Hi-Fi Rush definitely more innovative. Yeah. yeah. There's so many games that actually did interesting things this year. And Starfield did the opposite of it. It gave you a lot of things to do, but none of them were interesting.
2: Now, I will say what shot them in the foot is other games came out this year before it, just maybe right before it, that just really focused on everything that was bad about this game and showed what the potential of what it could be and what it's not yeah
0: exactly like it was it was such a stark stark contrast yeah and it was like oh look at all these amazing games that understand what it is to make fun and then we got that and it was like oh yeah well, it's really like taking
2: it. five years back in the wrong direction
0: we might have talked about this in the starfield episode or i might have talked about it in another episode but i actually do think it's a it's a problem with the aaa industry in general now is that it takes so long to make a game that by the time a big aaa game comes out the ideas which spawned it are already boring mm-hmm. because we've seen them iterated on 10 20 times in the intervening seven years through through mid and indie studios and more interesting things have happened and so you're trying to create a hit game for seven years ago and by the time it hits market it's usually just not that good but we'll see on this list there are some exceptions to that rule yeah. Um. All right. Do we have any other disappointments, or should we start the list?
2: No. Let's talk about the great games of the year because there's let's so talk many
0: about the great games of the year. <laughs> there uh, were so many.
1: So we're gonna. I'm gonna start with our our number twelve. We're gonna count down. I'm starting with number twelve, and uh, we could not not put Hi-Fi Rush on this list. It came completely out of nowhere and took the internet by storm, and it was just so well made i loved the art style i loved the soundtrack i loved the mechanics the story was good enough i guess like the thing about rhythm games is that mechanically developers are put in a box kind of there's only so much you can do while forcing a player to like hit buttons in a rhythm and i just feel like hi-fi rush was the shining peak of the genre there were really no missteps overall especially looking back like almost a full year later i have nothing but love for that game and i just think it was so well made and i love that it was just shadow dropped they announced it on the day of its release yeah
0: fucking baller insane it was great
1: yeah and it was just
2: like surprise and all the way it's also free on game pass if you have game pass you just get it have fun
1: yeah and it was super fun and there was no way it wasn't making our top games of the year list because yeah. it was just the best game of its type of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. And,
0: and I think contrasting, again, with the game that shall not be named, <laughs> innovative. It, like yeah. it, it was an innovation yeah. on the rhythm genre. It created something new that I've never seen before and it was really fun. The boss design was great in that game. All the bosses felt different and interesting and fun and they were characters. And uh, we'll get back to this again and again. Another contrast with the game that shall not be named. Uh, Hi Fi Rush, it's so stunningly obvious that it was made by people who gave a shit about the game. They made it with love and they wanted to make something fun. Yeah. And fun and zany and like it has heart, it has character mm-hmm. to it you can just tell that it wasn't made by a fucking (laughs) boardroom soulless conglomerate i i had a ton of fun with that game and yeah it is funny in a game in a year with so many games like that game still like vividly sticks out in my mind i can remember all these great moments in it yep uh well i think we'll move on to number 11 in our list uh number 11 is the from software armored core 6 armor core 6 was a really fun take on on mech battles it was it took itself way too seriously environments are kind of boring but
2: man it had that good
0: good from software's combat Mm -hmm. and And that's all
2: it needed for me it was quick it was clean it looked beautiful it was snappy oh my god some of those boss fights were beautiful yeah beautiful boss fights and Hard and satisfying, and you, mm-hmm. like, you, you just had
0: to figure out those bosses' moves and figure out how to beat them. And it felt like some of the best Dark Souls bosses. Beating the last boss of that game was incredibly satisfying, and uh, as well as many of the bosses along the way. There was a lot of little minor annoyances with that game,
1: but there were also a ton of quality of life improvements over previous installments in the series. so respecking ability, the UI, like yeah. a lot of that stuff was far better than. ...than they'd done previously in the Armored Core series. Armored Core wow. 6 was great. Giant robots fighting is always great.
2: But they're just not practical in real world. It doesn't make sense. Next one makes sense. <laughs> they are not.
0: <laughs> it does one thing, and it does it really, really, really well. Yeah. And for yep. that, it deserves some commendation. Sure does. Uh,
2: well, on number 10, I think we're going to move to another... ...kind of Souls-like. uh, Remnant 2 which is uh FPS souls like if you haven't played the first one it was a great game this one's way bigger the game is really hard we were playing a lot of multiplayer on it it's fun it's pretty brutal but there's so much replayability it encourages you to go back with friends and replay levels because there's different bosses that can change up it randomizes it and the bosses you can beat them in different ways and get different rewards one of the coolest things about that game is like trying to figure out like okay what
1: do we
0: do different to beat this boss and to get like a different special item that we can turn into a sweet sword or a sweet gun or whatever uh that's really fun also just got to give a shout out to one of the only games that is designed specifically as a three-player co-op so you know got two friends and you can't quite ever fill out those four player co-op teams and you're playing with a random and you get frustrated remnant definitely the game for you if you want some challenge i think they did a really good job with the class system and the like sort of mixing and matching of abilities
2: and and you can play at any level with your friends like you still feel like you're pretty viable so it's really great for different people jumping in
0: and they can help you find all the cool secrets because there are so many secrets in that game there are many many hidden I can't doors. believe
2: how much
0: <laughs> and speaking of shooter games before we get any further on the list I am going to give an honorable mention to a game that didn't make our list because goddamn we even had a really hard time getting it down to 12 games <laughs> on our list this year yeah, we uh, really there's did. so many great games and this one just came in really really at the last minute it just came out uh, sort of at the end of the year multiplayer team-based shooter game Also teams of three, again, a thing I love, Mm -hmm. uh, The Finals. The Finals is a free-to-play team-based shooter, but man, a lot of variety in the equipment and special abilities you can get. And uh, it's got one thing about it that I like more than any other online shooter I've ever played. And it's that the games are always really, really exciting. And this is because the game modes tend to be where you have to capture a certain thing twice in the game the thing is though you start the timer to capture the thing and if five seconds before that timer runs out the enemy team comes in kills you and steals the point they win you lose which really sucks when it happens to you but it also means that even if you're way fucking down in the game if you do the perfect coordinated assault you can still win the game and that is so so fun. And it keeps every game an absolute nail biter down to the last. I just love that about the game.
2: And well, and to add to that, the absolute mayhem and wackiness you can do to cause those disturbances, you can full-on take down buildings. You knock down a fucking building and just cause chaos and throw like smoke grenades and hide and shit, and you can turn invisible you can do wacky stuff in that game and it is hilarious it's
0: the most fun i've had playing a pvp multiplayer game in a long time
2: uh well okay we'll get back to our list uh number nine another souls like are you guys <laughs> sensing a pattern here <laughs> i honestly think this is the best non FromSoft souls like game the art design is unique the story that is told is way better than from soft does they still do it in that cryptic from software way but you actually know what's going on you don't have to like look at item tool tulips and see and the bosses are all memorable the level progression is great did we say what game it is no did i not say
1: it no <laughs> Lies of P. <laughs> oh that game oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah the, the the level design is amazing the skill progression when you beat the game you get an even larger skill tree that you can build upon. And all the skills that you can add to it are interesting. They're not just like plus two to stats, it's do a unique thing that you can do. You get an extra role. It's a very well designed, and I'm shocked by this as a studio that hasn't done anything like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll say I uh, in our review of it, like I got frustrated by a level where you were doing a lot of platforming, but yeah, despite the fact that I got frustrated, which a little bit is par for the course in a Souls game, um, it is. It is an extremely well designed game, and I, I really enjoyed my time with it.
1: Yeah, visually, it was stunning. Um, the boss fights were fun and interesting. The combat was a good, you know, Sekiro style thing. Yeah, it like... it
2: blends between Dark Souls and Sekiro. You can do the parry mechanic, and it's yeah, you have to do it for certain boss fights, and you can just do the rolling for other boss fights. Like yeah. you, it blends both very well, and I was. Yeah pleasantly surprised
1: all right number eight on our list countdown is Hogwarts Legacy I do think and I feel like we mentioned this on on our episode we did about this I do think that maybe for us this game seems better than it might actually be just because of like the nostalgia factor like we are exactly the age kids oh, that absolutely grew up reading that. the Harry Potter books and like all Harry Potter things have been marketed directly to us for its entire existence as an IP. This game is no exception, but still like playing through like the intro thing and then for like an hour or two and then getting a broom and being able to just fly around Hogwarts castle and see the lake and the towns and like the surrounding country. Dude, it just, it got me right in the feels. The game itself was well designed. Like spell combat was interesting. Like going to classes and doing all those things was interesting. It was just a good game in a setting that was guaranteed to tug at the heartstrings for us.
0: But, you know, I think better than it being in that setting, I think they did a really good job of reinforcing that setting in every aspect mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. Um, it was not just that they put a Harry Potter skin on Far Cry 3. They really infused the, the magic and the lore of the world in... Every part of it, from the classes to the inside of Hogwarts Castle to the design of Hogsmead, I thought they did an incredible job with Hogsmead. Yeah, they they did add some of that collectathony stuff. Like I thought the Merlin trials were tedious, but by and large, it was a wonderful thing to go into the Dark Forest and meet the centaurs, and it was a wonderful thing to get your first broom and just
2: to walk around Hogwarts for an hour. I walked around Hogwarts, and I'm like, this is yeah. the entire fucking school. This is so awesome. And there are secrets in the
0: castle that you can find and secret passageways and just like in cool little magic puzzles that you have to solve. It was such a joy to uh, really be transported there and be able to interact as though I was a fucking wizard.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it was mostly for me is that like, and it wasn't like previous Harry Potter games you play like as Harry Potter. And it's like getting to insert yourself and your own character into, into the game was yeah just great yeah totally agree
0: uh i'm gonna move on to number seven number seven this year alan wake two what a surprise yeah i i don't know that anyone was really expecting well first of all this game at all to ever come out um considering <laughs> the first one was like 10 years ago yeah second of all there were a lot of moments in this game that were shockingly delightful of course the the crowning achievement of them was the musical chapter
2: oh yeah we sing is clearly the best part but <laughs> i will remember that chapter for the rest of my life uh, what a what a what wild happened? i love this and i never wanted to stop and it went on so long i was so happy I was so happy. Every moment
0: it came out, I was like, the music is rocking, the visuals are amazing, and like I don't know what's coming next, and I can't wait. The entire chapter was delightful, and what was cool is that it was campy and wacky and felt almost out of place, but at the same time, not. It felt creepy enough and weird enough, and in alan's own mind enough that it was like okay this works as like a way to show him kind of going crazy
2: i've never had a game so much where i was like i was actually laughing and having a great time with it and then oh shit, this is actually a horror game this is kind of (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and it like and it it kept bringing it back to that and like man i just think that that
0: chapter by itself uh earns this game a spot on our list (laughs) i think the rest of the game was well done other than combat i think combat honestly wasn't improved that much from the first game like 10 years ago and that is saying something
2: yeah it is hard to get into the thing that kept me going was the story is so out of the box like i and i'm just constantly thinking the graphics are so good there was so much money put into this game that is completely off the rails it is a wacky story and i'm glad i want to see more games like this that take a complete leap of faith i totally agree with you and
0: i am really proud of remedy like they have an artistic vision for their games and you can like it or not like it but like Fucking kudos for them to sticking to their fucking guns and mm-hmm. doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's something that, you know, I, unfortunately we don't see very much in, in the gaming industry of people taking big swings and doing weird, wacky shit. And especially not ones with a little more budget behind them. Yeah. And Remedy has shown that they can do it and that people will love it and people will respond well to them taking those big swings. And I am really, really excited to see what they do next.
1: Alright, we are halfway through our countdown, and it's time for my honorable mention. This is going to throw everybody for a loop, I hope. My honorable mention this year is Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. It was a Switch port for the 2001 and two thousand. Three Game Boy Advance games, Advance Wars, which are like a turn-based strategy game. I loved those games as a kid. They were amazing. They were only ever released on the Game Boy Advance. They've never been remade for anything, and Nintendo released them for the Switch this year. They are great. I loved playing again. They did some slight upgrades graphically just to be able to like show up better on larger screens that the Switch plays on. And also they added a versus mode that you can play couch co-op or online. I didn't really get into any of that because the campaigns, honestly, were always so fun to me in the Advance Wars games and had tons of replayability. Yeah, Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2 Reboot Camp. I highly recommend. All right, let's move on to the top half of our countdown. Getting exciting here. Number six on our countdown is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Another Souls-like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jedi Survivor is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. We love, We obviously loved Fallen Order. The continuing story of Cal Kestis was awesome. I really liked the beginning of Jedi Survivor when it made it very clear that you have retained all the passive Jedi abilities that you earned through Fallen Order. You have your double jump and your wall jump and all your shit. And I was like, thank God, I don't have to learn all that stuff again. That would have ruined the immersion a bit. They did a cool thing with the battle stance style upgrade things that was just like an improvement on what they had done from the first game. It was just more intricate and more interesting um, and way more necessary and useful than it was in the first game. The story was great again, like the hub world was fun and interesting. There was one bullshit choice
2: that I didn't agree with. We <laughs> yeah, talked okay, yeah, about fair, that yeah. on episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, but other than that, the story was fantastic.
1: The story yeah. was
0: really good.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was cool. And I just like that the spirit of the Knights of the Old Republic games is being kept alive with the Disney acquisition. I am shocked that EA
2: is doing this well with a single player non-monetized game. <laughs>
1: i know it's crazy
2: (laughs) yeah i love being a jedi and they did a great job making me feel like a jedi so kudos um all right let's bring it to number five this was one that surprised me mario wonder so i thought there was nothing left to do in the 2d platformer but boy was i wrong doing those wonder seeds changes up the entire gameplay every time and i'm always excited to get one of those things and it's incredible. It kept a 2D Mario game so interesting and engaging.
0: Every single level had something different for you to do. If someone hasn't played it, I just want to explain what this is because it's such a cool idea. Basically, in each level, you can just play through the level and it's a kind of normal Mario level, although there's a lot of fun new power-ups and a lot of fun new enemies and stuff. But also in every level, there's a wonder seed hidden somewhere. And when you get it, the whole fucking game changes (laughs) you might become a like a jumping frog that can jump 50 feet in the air the game might suddenly become a top down game
2: you might become a goomba (laughs) and all the troubles that become with a goomba
0: it might turn all the coins in the level into platforms and all the platforms into coins (laughs) so many things can happen and it was just so fun to see what they did with every single level also i love the level difficulty design so there's lots of lots of levels in this game and and different worlds as there are in most Marios um but the levels are straight up just given a difficulty rating of one to five Mm -hmm. and you can get through the game basically beating like ones and twos and maybe an occasional three and beat the game that way for a younger kid, or somebody who's not like a super experienced platform gamer, totally doable and a great, super fun, very cool experience. And also there are four and five star levels that are really, you can just do for the challenge of it. And there's a special world that you can unlock that has a bunch of really hard levels in it. And that was really, really fun and really, really satisfying for, for kind of, you know, a more hardcore gamer like myself very very fun uh maybe the opposite in terms of tone from mario wonder is game number four (laughs) on our list Well, maybe about it (laughs) number four is the talos principle 2 this is a game that maybe is not on everyone's radar but was very very much on my radar uh as you probably know if you've listened to this podcast i am a big 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 puzzle gamer i fucking love puzzle games and uh the Talos principle is one of my favorite puzzle games of all time and so i was very very excited that this game was coming out and boy did it not disappoint Talos principle is interesting because it is a puzzle game and also a game that is pretty deeply philosophical like it really makes you engage with and think about deep questions and, and it really pushes you on your own ethical and moral framework of and how you see the world and whether that's logically consistent or not and 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 you know really pushes you to find what your values are and why they matter to you and i think that's a really a really bold and a really cool thing for a game to do and I, i've really never seen another game do it very well and in addition to that it has great portal like puzzles it's a first person puzzler um there aren't actually portals but same kind of vibe it's also got a portal
1: style sense of humor, which was wonderful. So I'd never played Talos Principle until Austin got excited about Talos Principle 2 coming out. So then I played both of them back to back. They are so interesting because it's like, yeah, on a certain level, like you are just doing a bunch of small self contained puzzles and then progressing to the next thing. But like, The interaction with the computer and like trying to learn more about the lore of the world and the background and like you just constantly have preconceived notions about really anything just challenged all the time in interesting ways and about like the nature of consciousness and individuality and free will and all that kind of shit that's just like kind of hard to argue with the conclusions that the game like forces you into and in such a way that like literally Austin and I were like out for a friend's birthday and walking down a street on the way to a bar arguing about like, what it means
0: it, like you're know, talking about like what what it what it is to define something as a conscious being yeah. a sentient being like really fucking deep questions and like we weren't talking about them because we we're going to do this game for the podcast we we're talking about them because the game really makes you think about interesting weird shit yeah. anyway all of that to say the puzzles are great and the philosophy is great uh, i 100 percent of the game did every optional puzzle and uh loved every minute of it
2: um i think before moving to the top three i'm gonna do my honorable mentions Ooh, i'm gonna do two i'm gonna sneak wow. one in there because they're both made the by uh, square enix they're both square enix same he's going off
0: script straight to jail
2: company.
0: cut his mic cut his mic so... <laughs> uh
2: i just want a quick shout out mario rpg remake oh, that game yeah. was great and it still is fucking great so if you have a nostalgia bomb that you want to do yes but the real game i want to talk about final fantasy 16. The only hiccup I had about the game is the weapon progression is non existent. There shouldn't have been one. It should have just you have the same weapon. It's the same game if you just have the same weapon. Yeah, but this game had the most epic boss battles I've ever seen in a game in my life, and they keep one upping each other. And I'm surprised every time the score is amazing. The RPG story elements that you can pause the game And figure out a keyword that they said and see the entire backstory of what they're talking about from soft and it changes. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) And it changes as you learn more about them, it adds to that information. It's amazing. And then you can go to a whole table and it explains to you, like, what is going on in the world right now, what happened in the world in the past, like, uh, past few beats. Every RPG needs to look at this game. To for someone that has a overcomplicated story, this is a beautiful way to solve that issue. Yeah, and to help players who who don't play every day, who take breaks and come back to the game, well, you can just immediately pick back up in the story where you left off. That that is one of the best things of this game. And, and then also the progression. Yeah, it's it's like a Mega Man style progression where you kind of get the abilities of the bosses you fight and it, it's fantastic in any other year this would be on the top 10 <laughs> I can't believe it didn't make the top 10 I'm so sad about that but there's too many good games uh
0: well another PS5 game is gonna make the list as number three number three this year spider-man 2 the first spider-man game was excellent miles Morales was excellent and spider-man 2 just kept pushing the envelope a little bit further. This time you've got both Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the same city. So you can switch between them at any time. And there's sort of multiple stories going. And depending on which part of the story you're doing, you're either going to play as Peter or Miles. You know, it's still got some collect stuff, but I really liked the way they did the collect-a-thon. I liked the way they brought in a little bit of that fighter-verse mashup. And I yeah, thought the yeah. story was really moving
2: i i want to say you mentioned you switched characters perspective and at certain points you're like i i feel like one of the characters are getting snubbed because this story is so interesting and then they bounce right back and the other character is now the main character and their story is way more interesting and they constantly do that tug of war of everything is done well like i'm interested i want to play as Peter parker i want to play as miles morales by the end of it and they do other character shifts that i was surprised by and they did a really good job with it yeah uh, the combat is fast it is snappy
0: it feels good you feel like fucking spider-man when you're fighting people there's a decent little skill tree to upgrade um actually a couple different mm-hmm. upgrade systems
2: and and the game is very much meant to be played fast paced. yeah Like you, you have to get in the flow of being able to quickly dodge, shoot, 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 do gadget, gadget, very dodge. By the end of it, you feel like Spider Man.
0: Yeah, exactly. You feel like you got Spidey senses. Like you know what to do next before it even happens. Like you're just, yeah, you're doing ten actions a second, and it feels great. And the the boss battles are really fun. The final boss battle is awesome. Like four part set piece and didn't overstay its welcome in terms of you know open world mm-hmm. collect-a-thon those can get pretty sloggy but i 100% of this game and was really happy to do it
2: yeah the, the collect bits are not super annoying too like i think all the like science-y different puzzles are fun
0: it was uh, it was good if you have a
2: ps5 you
1: definitely definitely should check it out all right, moving on to number two. I think people are going to be able to guess what these last, these next two games are. But... <laughs> There's two games. I think, think this is pretty yeah. <laughs> Number two yeah. for us, and it was actually funny. So a little inside baseball here. The three of us each made individual top ten-ish or so lists for this year, and we all three of us had number one and number two the same game. Number two was Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I'm not gonna say anything that we haven't already said about this game. It was just wonderful. Breath of the Wild was such a huge leap forward for the open world genre, and to be honest, I wasn't sure how they were going to improve upon it. I really didn't know where they could take the series and somehow the answer was into the sky it was just fantastic the new power-ups they added the reuse of the same world while still changing it while adding you know a sky level and an underground level the new story was good the way you discovered the story was fun and interesting they just nailed breath of the wild and they nailed tears even more. Well, and going in, like
2: you, you see the Breath of the Wild graphics and you're like, ugh, this feels dated. There's no way I'm going to be into this. And they just hit you with so much creativity with like being able to build whatever the fuck you want. And they're like, let's get really wacky with
1: these puzzles. Yeah, And the, the building thing was like, it was such a stroke of genius because it was like, no matter what the other faults of the game are, putting that in there just covered all of them.
0: exactly like it not only covered and and created puzzles that were more interesting but it made exploration better and faster and more interesting and it made combat more interesting like they just they improved every aspect of the game and whatever aspect of the game you like the most that construction power was a part of it and improved on it Mm -hmm, and so suddenly like with one power they improved every aspect of an open world game and you know what what a fucking stroke of
1: genius
2: and and there's so few powers and everyone feels like game changing like the going up the wall is just like okay that seems kind of good oh oh wait (laughs) i could do so many things with this yeah
0: exactly there just weren't (laughs) anything that was just like oh like the fucking you know magnet power or whatever in the first game and it's just like i'm gonna use this in five puzzles throughout the whole game and they're all in dungeons and it's not that interesting
2: right and then Mm -hmm. suddenly here it was like oh my god yeah oh i'm using this all the time to get out of situations to figure
1: out how to get into certain situations And they, you know, they went the one of the things that really stood out to me and still does was the sort of return to the earlier Zelda like dungeon style. Breath of the Wild, there was a departure and with the Divine Beasts. And that was interesting in its own way. But coming from a lifelong Zelda fan, I love the way they did the boss dungeons in Tears of the Kingdom. They introduced the boss fights the same way with the the title scroll on the bottom, like with Mm. the name and. It just felt like more traditional zelda dungeons in a non-traditional zelda game and it was everything i ever wanted and didn't even dare to hope for a sequel to breath of the wild what a wonderful wonderful game i said this when breath of the wild comes out i'm going to say it again now i don't know where they go from here like how do you improve upon (laughs) this i I don't know yeah Yeah. but we all thought that in breath of the wild and here we are so i know yeah prove me wrong again please just Keep injecting Zelda improvements into my veins. I'm so interested to see what they do next. Well, well deserved.
2: All right, number one, number one. I know you guys don't know what um, it is. Roll,
0: please. No, nope. it hasn't won any other Game of the Year awards, you
1: know, on any other. Oh uh, yeah, you're here to hear first.
2: <laughs> All right, from Bethesda, Starfield. <laughs> No, it's it's obviously fucking Baldur's Gate 3. That game is the best thing I've seen in years. Like I've been replaying it recently. My brother got it for me for PS5 because I was like, I'm not gonna buy it again. So he bought it for me and he's like, I want to play multiplayer. Hell yeah. So I've been doing multiplayer again. Uh honor mode, the new mode they added is insanely hard. I don't know if you know the witch fight. Oh yeah. If you cast a spell, she automatically gets another form of herself oh. it just makes the game it makes it and she has so much more health does so much more damage and they're and all the bosses have been like that they just get a new ability that completely changes it up oh, yeah. which shows that they're just adding to this game that they don't need to add to yeah. that is already a massive perfect game oh yeah just
0: shitloads on, of free DLC, DLC.
2: <laughs> oh my God I can't talk good enough about this game it's a perfect story they just completely set
0: a new bar and what a new bar for all rpgs to follow every rpg now has to compare itself to this game yeah it's
1: not just
0: it's not just game of the year
1: it's one of the best games of all time oh Uh, no question
2: rpgs will never be the same because they're going to be referenced to bg3 because yeah now they have to to
0: a good story and a good combat system and amazing exploration and amazing choices matter and have amazing characters with great
1: backstories and have great writing and dialogue like to say and an amazing acted cutscenes and mocap and shit like
2: and itemization like all the items don't feel like stat increases they all feel unique yeah. oh my god this game did so many things right i, <laughs> I can't believe it
1: It's, it's one of those things where it's like earlier you were talking about in criticizing starfield that its development took so long that the things it was doing are no longer new or interesting by the time the game actually comes out and a thing i wanted to say back then but will say now because it's more appropriate is that there's an exception to that and it is developing something new it is coming up with the new thing that AAA studios are going to take this format and release a game five to seven years from now using Baldur's Gate 3 as a template. And the difference between those things is that Baldur's Gate 3 did it first. When you take the time to fund a game like this and do the voice acting and do the writing and do the world building and all of that stuff, like this is the end result. One of the best games ever made. In five to seven years, you're going to see a bunch of AAA studios release games that are Baldur's Gate 3 copies and they are mm-hmm. not going to be even close to as good kudos to larian you deserve yeah. this tiny little trophy yeah. that we have <laughs>
0: made up they're the best they're their game of the year they're you know probably game of the decade A decade's young let's not get ahead of ourselves here
2: elden ring's not complete yet they're about to add two two whole worlds so you know what
0: i think that's the perfect segue let's talk about what we're looking forward to in 2024. garrett what yeah, are you yeah. looking forward to uh
1: shadow of the air yeah that was going to be one of mine as well <laughs> very much. number um, one very much I, looking forward to that they're doing
2: two whole new worlds uh there was only five in the base game and they're doing two it's the longest break from soft has ever made from making a dlc because they understand the reception. Understand. People really wanted to be good and they are taking their time with it. And i take all the time you want. A fucking plus. Take all the time
1: you need. We'll be here with our wallets when you're I'm, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. ready so ready it. to jump back into Elden Ring. That is rumored <laughs> to release February 5th. I am pumped to jump back into some Elden Ring. Can't wait for Shadow yeah. of the Eard Tree.
0: If that comes out in February, we're going to have, or I'm going to have
1: a busy February, certainly,
0: because I'm going to want to play that. And I am very excited to play Final Fantasy VII rebirth rebirth that's what it's called yeah. thank
2: you and this is the meat and potatoes of the game yeah this and is that's what be, i'm looking
0: forward to i'm, I'm very excited for this. i like the remake other than the stupid story edition of the uh fate ghosts that was dumb as fuck but otherwise like i really liked the combat i liked the story i liked revisiting it i mean final fantasy 7 was a game that when i played it just totally changed my life I was very excited to go back to midgar and and see that all play out again and i'm stoked to see what the next chapter brings I, I hope they do some some little improvements and it sounds like they are uh so i i have high high hopes for it
2: yeah the first one is just like the first little bit of final fantasy and it's like the first hour and a, and a half of yeah, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. yeah and and so it does feel very on Train tracks, like you, you can only go in certain areas because it's just in that one city. This is where the game opens up to open world.
0: What are they gonna do, open world? Are they gonna do like a world map where you have like the little character walking across the world map? Like I don't know what they're gonna do. The I'm best thing is see- I don't
2: know, and I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if this is coming out next year, but Path of Exile Two looks amazing in alpha right now. The boss fights actually seem. Like, they all have difficult mechanics, whereas Diablo maybe had one or two that had that.
1: Chris, you got any big ones? I've got one and a half games that I am most anticipating in 2024. Uh, Hades 2, Early Access, coming sometime in Q2, apparently, according to Supergiant. No official release date, but Early Access. We'll see hades 2 they they have said full game release is not coming until 2025 but i will take as much of it as i can get so catch me playing early access as soon as that comes out the other one i really want to talk about is uh ubisoft is releasing a game called skull and bones which they announced six years ago now oh, yeah uh, I vaguely remember. and there's this. been lots of delays and whatnot it is basically assassin's creed black flag the best part which was just being a pirate sailing the high seas and stuff it's going to be like a tactical action game in an open world and you just like are a pirate and you sail on the on the sea and do stuff great uh yeah looks looks really fun those are my two there's there's a bunch of them but there those are the two i wanted to make sure to mention in particular yeah um
0: all right well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, excited for 2024.
1: Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Come and check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Uh, come and join us on Discord. We hang out and play games there every night. We're always happy to have more gamers on server come and tell us what your top 10 games were for 2023 i'm sure or 12 13 or however many games yeah i don't (laughs) care uh all those links will be in the show notes for this episode and lastly if you like this podcast tell a friend give us a rating those really help us out we would really appreciate it bye later